I'll tell you what I want, what I really, really want. Yeah. Tell, tell me what you want. What you want. I, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna, really, 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 really wanna, wanna sing it. Uh, if you wanna be my lover, you gotta get with my friend. Sorry, guys, we are back on our bullshit. Come on, bullshit. Today, oh, we are discussing <laughs> Harry Potter and half Red Prince. Chapter three, will and won't. Ding dong, baby. Before we get into winner and loser and Patreon stuff, Tara is wearing her shirt from the 5K that we did. Yeah, we did a 5K and we walked it. End of story. <laughs> yeah, I, I, don't, I don't run. Ashley was there. Ashley was there. And honestly, though, that 5K was a huge accomplishment. I, I it was a beautiful day. It, it was, was a beautiful campus. Hot that day. It was hot. Yeah. It was unbearably hot, and we survived, and we deserve all the kudos. We drank at fun college bars afterwards. We did, like the old hoes we are. Kent was fun. I, I like thought. Kent. So snitches, join us next year. We're gonna work on some basic snitches representation. Another Harry Potter podcast is there. That's kind of like a a big deal there. So. I'm not going to mention them, give them free advertising. No, they suck. Right? They're probably... I don't even know who you're talking about. (laughs) Yeah, it's fine. But we can make ourselves known. So mid-July next year. Come out and be part of the... Yeah, you don't have... Walk the 5K with us. It'll just be us telling dick jokes to each other for three miles. That sounds great. That's this podcast. (laughs) Right, but we could get our steps in. And get the really cool fucking... Ribbons. We got a medal, yeah. Yeah, medals. Um, I have the medal from the year before. Oh, I thought you were gonna go get it. I'm like, they can't see it. Tara. I know. I was just showing you, like, because I have both of them here. Conveniently at the very top of her unpacked luggage. Ooh, it's pretty. Oh my god, it's a giant time turner. That is pretty cool. Yeah, I don't know. that is pretty fun. This year, cool. yeah. So this year it was called Catch Me If You Can. And guess what? And the they done caught us because we were slow. They but done, but we did not. We were, okay, so pretty sure we were the last ones to finish last year. We were not. We no, by last far. last year, but this I know, year. This year, we by were far, we're not. And I was like, hell yes. Now, I will say this. At the beginning, there was somebody dressed as a snitch. Yeah. And it was like, you're going to follow the golden snitch. And I was like, uh, I will win this 5K right now by tackling that motherfucker. And yeah. they were like, you can't tackle him. And I was like, all right, well, yeah, watch me. finally saw some fucking reason in the terrible scoring rules of Quidditch. And they're like, actually, no, we don't tackle the snitch. It's not over yet. I don't know who sad. we is because that does not include me. I want to tackle that person next year. <laughs> and I will win the 5K. I'm sure that's not how it works, but the only other thing I have to say is on that shirt, those two Quidditch hoops are lined up perfectly with your titties. How shocking. It says, if you can, on her titties. <laughs> it's not, we can do it. It's, if you can. If you can. There is a third above it. Oh my God. Those me. are your, if you cans. Jesus Christ. <laughs> not sure why it sounds like I have Tara locked into another room. I promise you, I don't. It was her apartment anyway. Let's acknowledge some patrons. You know them, we love them. Ashley, Brian, Brittany, Jen, Layla, Mary Beth, Megan, Nisi, Olivia, Nicole, and Raph. You also know the link by now, or at least you should. Patreon.com slash basic snitches. Three to ten dollars a month. 
get a bunch of great exclusive content, be recognized in every episode, and if you're a part of one of our higher tiers, there's even more for you to enjoy. This week, we play a new game. If you are one of our patrons, then you are familiar that we've been trying out some new, like, game show type games. And this week is another inspiration similar to that. Let's talk about chapter two, Dinner's End. Uh-huh. I think you know who won and lost. Well, Bellatrix lost, I'm pretty sure. But who won? I'm hesitant to say that it's Snape, because that means there's been a lot of Snape wins recently. It's Snape. Wow. So wow. I, I did I did almost give it to Narcissa. Narcissa. But first of all, I fucking love some good sassy lines. Even if it's by a character that I want to set on fire. And he had a lot of sass. But his sass was just, like, so good. And also how he was prepared for that shit. And also, I just want to set Bellatrix on fire anytime she's around. So when she's getting owned by Snape, it's like, fuck yeah. Yeah. I agree. They're good. So I wrote a thing and I sent it to Adam. It's, I don't even remember what it says. Well, I'm about to tell you what it says. That's good. Because that's what this... Next I wrote it years. earlier. Chapter 3, Will and Won't. Based on the newspapers at the bottom of Hedwig's cage, the Ministry of Magic is making an effort to educate the wizarding community on safety measures now that they can no longer ignore the return of Voldy. These new articles vary from suggesting new terrifying ways the Death Eaters could infiltrate your life and kill you, to suggesting horrifying situations that absolutely would cause you to be paranoid 150% of the time. Being a wizard is scary. Harry is sleeping against the window which has to be incredibly uncomfortable. He is holding a letter from Dumble that he doesn't quite believe is true. But when Dumble shows up Harry rushes downstairs having forgotten to tell the Dursleys and the Dursleys don't deserve it anyway. So Dumble invites himself and and the mug fucks are momentarily struck dumb. Dumble brings up Sirius's will, and Harry learns he's inherited number 12 Grimmauld Place and Creature. When he summons Creature to the Dursleys' home, the house elf is not okay with Harry being his new master. Harry's like, who the fuck cares? This guy sucks, and definitely shares responsibility for Sirius's death. But Dumble reminds Harry that Creature knows everything about the Order, so Harry sends Creature to Hogwarts to work with the house elves there. Harry rushes to pack everything so they can leave, but before they do, it is time for Dumble to unleash his sass upon the Dursleys. He basically tells them that they're garbage humans, and those of us reading the books are wondering why he hasn't called them out on their bullshit before now. Dumbledore sends Harry's belongings to the burrow before they leave. Then, as a subtle fuck you to the Dursleys, Dumble uses magic to open the front door as they step outside into the night. use my wand to open the door because let's talk about Dumble here at the beginning of our book conversation you had said that at the end he kind of reads them to filth however sorry I almost licked this one I'm sure you've licked other things of that size and shape as well Tara nah no instead (laughs) you licked things the same size and shape as a vagina (laughs) vagina just a vagina Speaking of gay people, Dumbledore is thick with the sass from the very beginning. It's like sass is the theme of this book so far. Mm-hmm. We sort of get some sass from like Scrimmager. I mean, it's not really like full-fledged sass. It's still like brewing. And then we get Snape and then we get Dumble in this chapter. I'm like, yes, keep it coming, Hennies. So there's some good sass. There's certainly 
is. But before we get to see Dumble in this chapter, Harry's room is fucking filthy. I know. I don't like it. <laughs> Come on, Harry. Probably like, you know, depression and yes, everything, but still. Harry assuming Dumbledore's letter is a fake or that something will go wrong. We're going to mention it here in episode three, therapy. Dumbledore really hasn't given Harry it's a reason to believe that right. that would be happening. Exactly, because the next thing that I have on here is we can kind of blame Dumbledore for this. Like, he hasn't exactly been the most supportive person. But what I really enjoy about this chapter, especially when you compare it to a year ago, is how it is like leaf turned over in so many ways. Automatically, to see that, yes, Harry is in a pit of despair, which you cannot blame him no matter what the circumstance here is. And you even touched on it in your thing. The topic of a lot of these articles is a little scary. It's very scary, and I feel like it's probably extra scary because there's been a whole year in which the threat level has been at the highest level that no one has known about or acknowledged. So we have to come at the wizarding community. It's like COVID is killing people. It's that kind of level of intensity. It's not like, oh, well, it's slowly making its way over to take precautions. This is scary right now. That's something that could have been maybe, I don't know how much of it could have been avoided because I'm sure that in the fifth book, had they decided to tell the wizarding community then, then Voldemort would have been like, okay, I guess I'm fucking shit up now. That being said, this is where we are. And we saw the first chapter of, like the bridge and the yeah. hurricane and the murders and stuff. Here's all the stuff you need to know that is this underlying dark tone of you could die any minute. To me, it's refreshing. To your point, if the ministry did not try to push this aside and they acknowledged the reality of the situation, we would have basically kind of skipped over my least favorite book of the series. We would have skipped over a whole bunch more trauma that Harry has to deal with. We would have been, honestly, at the same point we are here, but now we're also dealing with the ramifications of the past year. So to me, it's like, okay, whoo, we're all acknowledging the reality. We're being honest about things. And that, after the last entire year book, is very refreshing. As horrifying as it is for like, okay, we have a security protocol now. At least they have a security protocol. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. No, I get it. You know, again, let's talk current events and stuff. Mm-hmm. I think through this whole pandemic, what we have kind of learned is like, okay, our government isn't going to do that. They're not going to put the actual health and safety of their citizens above capitalism. At least the Wizarding World is doing that. <laughs> it's interesting to be sticking up for the ministry right now yeah. after this past book. I don't know. I see that parallel. That is the thing that's like giving me pause on what I'm going to say. But let's be honest. It's too little too late. I don't think that that's entirely the correct phrase. However, well, because they weren't aware. Yes, Fudge was driving the we're going to pretend like this doesn't exist bullshit. But people can only work with what they know. Right. If it happened so. a year ago. It wouldn't be too little too late because they would have addressed it when it happened. So now it feels like we could have been more prepared when in reality, if they were honest then, then yeah, I think we'd just be in the same situation. I think that he'd be turned up to 11. Yeah, exactly. I find it very refreshing, even though it is like scary. But then again, here's the other thing to consider. Speaking of media, because I am also taking a big step away from all news because A, I don't need that additional stress in my brain. I just don't. 
But also, I think similar to this day and age, a lot of media, we are realizing it's just a lot of the, no offense, but theater behind the media. Like, there's a lot of, like, sensationalization, you know? I think that that's the biggest problem with, and honestly, like, wizards kind of have it better. That's the big problem with the availability of information, because I'm not going to call them facts. Right. And who's in charge of that information. Exactly. And, you know, you've, you've probably seen the graphs that show on what line of the political spectrum each of these news sources falls on. That aside, there's so much of it. I will open my phone and Google is like, here's information you might need to know. And sometimes it's like sports and I'm like, the fuck is this? But then also like the sports might include Deshaun Watson and all the bullshit with that. Well, that's not something I was thinking about, but now I'm thinking about it. And then it's also like, here's another screen rant about Harry Potter you might like. And I'm like, yes, that's what I Yes, exactly. But you know, of course you feel overwhelmed. Of course you feel frustrated. And of course you feel conflicted. Because there's not one single place that you 100% can go, that is what I trust and that is what I believe and that is what I want to read. Even if one of those things is 100% true, it's depressing, it's frustrating, it's stressful. We are already so fucking traumatized living in this world and that's this. Yeah. Anytime you see anything in the news, you have to take a step back and process it and figure out, okay, not only how am I going to be mindful about this news, but how truthful is this? All these media companies are owned by billionaires and they all have a political agenda. Exactly. Every side is going to be sensationalized to some degree. Now, of course, there are some that are sensationalized. I think a little bit more than others. In fact, Fox News is not an actual news corporation, FYI. They are actually categorized as an entertainment company. So, not that we have any of the watchers of that here but take that with a grain of salt to your racist uncle at the very least here i don't think we have that layer of uh, hidden agendas and everything that is stripped away they don't have room for that it's kind of not to like come back to this it's kind of like at the point where was like oh i guess i really have to start talking about coronavirus and his news team and him hiring whatever the fuck you know what i'm saying yeah I might bleep his name out. Yeah, please do. Please, or insert some rude sound. You said it in one of the past episodes, and I was literally like, ew. Why did you say that? That's so gross. But that's my point, is Orange Clown got to that point where there was no other choice. And yes, it was all mishandled, and it wasn't done correctly. They didn't do a good job of it. But there was absolutely a point where it was like, you can't do anything else. You have to acknowledge what this is. Mm. And he barely did anything, but there was no, like, this doesn't exist, like Fudge was doing. You know, like, there's no way around that. It wasn't, it's not obviously as bad in in this because clearly Fudge saw Boldy and, like, panicked. And And that really turned everything around, yeah. Yeah, that set everything off. So at the very least, you can say there was some logic in Fudge's part, which is a weird stretch. I mean, he but, saw Boldy. He yeah. really couldn't deny it. Right. In a room crowded room with people. Full of people. They also have the article about Harry being the chosen one and all of that. Yes, but shout out to Augusta Longbottom. Great. So that's fine. She's just, <laughs> she's just like, she's my grandson also. This friends with Harry Potter. 
we talked about this in already episodes of the season, but it just shows like the whiplash of he's a dumb fucking kid to now he's the chosen one. More than anything, that's what it is. The whiplash in this case is somehow refreshing because there is no weird filter of someone's hidden agenda over it. So, but yes, to that same point, the letter from Dumbledore is hope. Right. But it is, I totally agree. Like, there's no reason for him to think that this is going to actually happen until, what are we calling the author in this episode? Mr. Bojangles. Mr. Bojangles. Mr. Bojangles immediately makes him appear. And Harry's like, fuck it. He's actually here. He's like, I'm not packed. I have to take a shower. I look like this with this unfresh face. And I didn't tell the Dursleys. What am I ever to do? He turns into a fucking Scarlet O'Hara and Dumble's knocking on the door and the Dursleys are like, what the fuck is this shit? It's fucking 11 o'clock at night. Okay, it's 11 o'clock at night and fucking Petunia is cleaning the kitchen at 11 o'clock at night in a house coat. What the fuck is a house coat? Is this a UK thing? Is this a boring person thing? I feel like my grandmother used to have house coats, which they're basically just nightgowns, like over nightgowns, like a button-up nightgown over a regular nightgown. That's bad. I feel like she called something like that a house. Coat. Let's not bring that back. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't sound good. And maybe it is just a UK thing now, but I know that my grandma had something she called a house coat, and I'm pretty sure it was like. This button-up thing that looked like a nightgown that she wore over her nightgown. So like a cardigan. No, but like a whole like gown. Like, like a fucking gown, trench like... coat? A trench coat you put on to do the dishes? I'm sorry, but when we're on the topic of talking about societal constructs that are all a scam, let's talk about the construct of femininity where you have to get have a coat to put on to vacuum your house at 11 p.m. when fucking big round tomato man is screaming at a wizard. <laughs> That's the tea on the Dursleys, okay? Yeah, so nothing's changed. Just right. Because a big round tomato man is always yelling at a wizard. His name is Harry. Yes, yes. And more on that Harry's when we like, get to it. Oh my it. god, I love when Uncle Vernon yells at other people who's not me. Well, fuck, it's Dumbledore. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, it's, oh, fuck, it's Dumbledore, because Dumbledore is going to blow his head off. Literally and figuratively. Harry's having that same moment where he's, like, sitting in Snape's class in year five, and he's like, I can't wait for Umbridge to do her review of this. And then he's like, oh, I can't wait for her to do McGonagall and watch McGonagall roast her. Like, it's that kind of thing where he's like, oh, Dumbledore is going to end him. Yeah. So, yeah, so Harry is not winning yet. <laughs> well, there's some winning in this chapter at the very right. least. It's a little tense, but it's the same Dursley tenseness that we've seen yeah. forever now. My favorite thing about this section of the chapter is that Dumbledore's like, you were thinking it would show up. And he doesn't elaborate because he knows. Yes. He totally has not given Harry a reason yes. to believe that. He also doesn't elaborate that, like, Harry should have said something to his uncle. Maybe Dumbledore will be by. 
He's just like, I'm just going to let that go because I sucked at communication last summer. Right. <laughs> well, and it very quickly shifts to, ah, oh, I'm going to just assume that you're going to welcome me in, that you're going to let and me come sit on your like couch. And it's the beginnings of sassy Dumbledore. Yeah. He's like, oh. oh. I should have expected you and have some refreshments. Here, oh. let me beat you to death with wine glasses. Oh my gosh. Every time I read that, I'm like laughing. And I know that it's he's very pushy and, it's, and it is pretty rude. But everything he says is right. Be Speaking of accountability, it's and it's finally different than when seeing. Arthur Weasley, like, destroys yes. their house. That's exactly it. It's them being called out to a certain extent by, like, just to their faces being like, yeah, I know that you guys are rude pieces of shit, but I'm still going to come in here and tell you what you need to hear. <laughs> Do regardless of if there's an invitation or not. That's when, of course, the conversation about the will happens. I mean, we had actually already talked about this when I asked about it after Sirius died in the last book. He has Grimmauld Place, but with some of these caveats, to me, okay, perhaps this is why we have this sequence of the ministers to set that precedence. Then we have the Spinner's Lane conversation with Bellatrix to kind of refresh the reader's memory so that here we can now say, all right, you see what is happening politically in order to manage the situation at hand. You also are reminded of Bellatrix, oh, hey, guess what? You have 12 Grimmauld Place, but we need to make sure that Bellatrix isn't expecting it because of weird black family bullshit. bullshit. Yeah. yeah. The other thing I want to say about this is how callously Vernon treats the situation. Like, he's like, oh, his grandfather's dead. And then he's just, like, excited because Harry has a house. Yeah. Okay, first of all, fucker, Harry is not of age, so it's not like you can make him go live in that house, whether he owns it or not. Oh, see, I read it in the way of like, ah, oh, no, it's in the house he can sell. Yeah, wants it. But at the same time, I was also kind of like, this means zero things to you. You can't have the house. You can't send Harry there. Mm-hmm. He's not even yet sixteen. We, you know, this is early summer or whatever. It's mm. pre Harry's birthday in the summer, anyway. Calm the fuck down. Dumbledore, though, have this conversation with Harry privately. Yeah, yeah, I agree. This definitely does not need to be said in front of them. I don't love it. The the thing that he has to say to the Dursleys is sad, but, like, this is an opportunity to be like, Harry, go get your things. Hey, Mr. Bojangles, have Dumbledore go up into Harry's bedroom. Ah, I see that you haven't packed. Maybe they have a little conversation. Shh. Exactly. Like, like Tonks uh, packed yep. for him last year. Yep. Listeners, like, for all of those of you who are not in the room with us. We just did some wand motion. Yes, she did a wand motion, and that's exactly what I was getting at. Yeah, is, but yeah. that's, no, you're right, though, because, like, last year, Tonks came, packed for him, the end. And I'm sorry, Dumbledore, are you not a better wizard than Tonks? You are. It would be nice and organized. So, right? Then immediately he would be like... Here's yeah. the invisibility cloak. Put Instead it in Instead of just your... being like, oh, by the way, you need that. And Harry's like, fuck, now I took that out of the bottle. Oh, my God. Talk. Yeah, and you can you judge You didn't tell me, me that before yeah. I packed. Yeah. You knew I hadn't packed. It's fuck nice and neat. Maybe they have a conversation about like, oh, you didn't think I was going to be here? And Harry can be like, no, bitch. Because you've been a flaky Lucky. bitch for the last like, few years. Last summer, I just sat here by myself. Yeah. sad because Cedric was dead. He, and Dumble's like, you think I was a flaky bitch? Look at my hand. <laughs> Now I'm really a bitch. <laughs> and then uh, Harry is like, Love "What the fuck me. happened?" He's like, "What fucking fire lobster did you fist to do that?" And then Dumble's like, "Enough. We have many chapters we, in this book. We have many chapters <laughs> in this book." That's my only frustration with Dumbledore in this chapter is maybe you should have had that conversation with Harry, right? Not for the Dursleys, 
who you've already like stunned into silence. You've like forced to sit on their couch. You're overwhelming them. They're fuckers, so good. But also like they don't need to know any of this. Also, you've taken away Harry being able to be like, yeah, my godfather's a murderer, so be nice to me. Right? Yeah. So the teasing of the Dursleys is not worth the trade-off of him saying all of this about Grimmel Place in front of yeah. Dursleys. Now, what I do enjoy, that still doesn't excuse him saying all of this in front of the Dursleys, is when he's like, hey, creature is yours too. Let's bring him here. And first of oh. all, I think the fact of this little shriveled penis man sitting in the Dursley's <laughs> room being like, I won't, I won't, I won't. I kind of like it. Oh, it's fucking hilarious. But then also, there is a line in the book where it's like, Petunia gasped and clutched pearls. She had never seen something so ever hideous in her living room before. <laughs> and I was like, excuse me, are you serious? Homophobia? Racism? Xenophobia? Uncle Vernon's nasty little chode? I think the fuck not, Petunia. I think you've seen a lot of disgusting things in your right. living room. How about you like turn to the left and look at your son? There's that. <laughs> I do kind of like the creature thing. Amphitunia let out a hair-raising shriek. Nothing this filthy had entered her house in living memory. Denied. Right? Access denied. I don't know why I chose the word denied, but here we are. So that happens. And then we get proof that Harry is Creature's new master. Yeah. And he's like, give him to Bellatrix. And Dumble's like, no, he knows too much. And he's like, can I have him as a slave? And... <laughs> All right, cool. Thanks for this reminder this early. Can you do my homeworks? I I don't know if we want Creature doing Harry's homework. I kind of want Creature to do Harry's homework. Just once. I just want to see what that would look like. I think the jury is up on if it would be slightly better or slightly worse. Because it could be either. That is a completely fair statement. He's like, okay, well now that we've handled that task, uh, you should go pack. Okay, so Harry packs and then he's like, we're going to go, right? And Dumble's like, uh-uh. These fuckers going to hear what I got to say. Yes. And I think the most poignant thing they say is, of course, that you have treated Harry like shit. But you've also abused this kid on the couch. I'm like, yeah. And they're so confused. You have turned his brain into a mushy, uneducated, vile substance. That's what it is, I think. It's- it is, and it's very interesting to, like, read that part of the chapter when they have no idea. Mm-hmm. They really, really, truly believe that they have not done anything that has hurt Dudley, mm-hmm. and Dudley is trying to figure out what... And I'm like, this is a scary thing to think about because there are a lot of people out there. And more like than anything, Mr. Bojangles also decided not to reveal what they, he, she... I don't know what Mr. Bojangles' pronouns are. What... <laughs> They match. Mr. Bojangles, we will respect their fucking pronouns. Mr. Bojangles, at the very least, did not reveal what she meant by this. It is left up to the user's interpretation, which I think makes it a little bit more exciting. But at the same time, like the whole series, she's harped on everyone's weight. So, well, I'm pretty sure that there that is that. She's trying to like. I think it, that it's more fat phobic. It, I can I see think, the fat phobic angle. I think the basic answer that makes the most sense because of who the fuck wrote these books is another dig on Dudley's weight. But I think for purposes of appreciating what we love about the text and how we can better discuss it, 
is what you said. How they have turned him into an unkind monster. Monster yeah. who is not educated, who is not compassionate, except for he does kind of come through with, in seventh book. And yeah. You learn that he's been affected by his Dementor attack. Right. I mean, there is that too. That's an actual good point that I didn't even think of. He has been traumatized by wizards. Right. My mind automatically goes to the fact that they have spoiled him and quite literally that is why you say that they which are Which is a spoiled. very damaging thing. In your assessment, which is a bajillion times more valid than whatever the fuck she's trying to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's be clear. Who cares if somebody is fat? The way that these people are obviously garbage from their personalities. Oh God, and yeah. that is likely what Mr. Bojangles meant in this case. Just kind of shows what type of person the author truly is. Even far before she started being a turf, you know? When we start to take things apart, we definitely see more of that. Yeah. You know? But to the point of that conversation we had with Alex, too, this is why rereading the series and looking at it from another angle is beneficial. It doesn't need to mean what she may have meant. We make our interpretations. And in this case, it's that the jerseys are assholes. Yeah. We've taken so. this back. Exactly. It's ours. Exactly. You know, one other thing before that that I didn't touch on that is very important, because I looked down at my page and I saw the name Buckbeak. Yes. So he says... Withering. You can have Buckbeak and Harry's like, but Hagrid has him. Give him some Hagrid. <laughs> That's exactly how the book. But Hagrid has him. Yes, Buck. Dumbo's like, Buckbeak needed a drag name. He is now Withering. <laughs> because... The ministry is looking for him. But I'm like, why Witherwings? Why is that the name? First of all, can Buckbeak choose his own drag name? Right. And second of all, are Buckbeak's wings withering? Even if they were, why would you name yourself that? It's horrible Buckbeak did not choose his own No, he sure did not. He's like, I don't understand why you guys keep calling me a different name. Mm-hmm. I told you, if I was going to choose my name, he's like, my name is Brad. <laughs> like, That's not a good drag name either. Or is why it? Or is it? <laughs> Maybe it's actually kind of Brad. great. <laughs> Welcome <laughs> stage Brad. <laughs> actually, I kind of just like the name Janet. <laughs> Janet is a drag name. I think I mentioned on this podcast the drag name Liz Anya. Yes, you And have. I'm in love with it. It's the same sort of thing. It's like, it's just a fucking name. The only other thing I actually have to say about the chapter, and it's in conjunction with Witherwings, isn't it a little bit ironic? that finally Draco is actually a pivotal character in the series. And this is when Buckbeak makes a return to Hogwarts. Buckbeak's like, oh, I want to bite that bitch again. I want to scrape his leg. What game you got for me? I got a Fuck, Mary Kill. Wait, didn't we just do Fuck, no, Mary Kill? No, it's your game. Oh my god. I'm what? so... It is 11.03. And it's your game. <laughs> you had two bottles of mine. You're right. It's not my game. You don't have a game for me. The game is one word at a time. It was also me realizing that I'm a fucking idiot. Uh, so <laughs> wine is fun. Um, yeah, one word. At a I time. thought you were gonna say wine is fine. It also is fun. Fun fuck. and fine. Fun and fine and fuck. One word at a time is the game that we're going to play. And so, if you recall, this is when we recount the chapter by going back and forth, one word at a time. And the portion of the chapter that we are going to recount to you is talking about what is in Sirius's will. You ready? Uh, sure. Okay, I'm going to start. Dumbledore. Shows. Harry. Sirius's. Dick. 
And was excited. I <laughs> I'm trying to like pantomime the next word I want to say to Tara. I'm cheating. <laughs> Sorry. Let's go with the next word. Okay, so what is I forget what the it word was. The word was I, so now this is Dumbledore talking. I got it. Okay. Think. You. Me. I thought, I thought you said thank, like Thanksgiving. This is a mess. Okay, I think you need this. House elf. Poof! Creature. Screamed. No. No. Won't. Won't. Fuck. Me. <laughs> Bye. So. Harry. Pukes. Because. Ew. Creature. Was. Fucking. Himself. <laughs> Double. Side. Harry. I'm. Horny. <laughs> the biggest thing about this game <laughs> is when you're going in one direction and then somebody like snaps your neck. Because I was like, Harry, I'm tired. <laughs> But no, you're like, Harry, I'm horny. Oh, okay. I'm the one that changed directions in this game. Yeah. Because it's never happened with you. The way that I was trying to go is Dumbledore opened the box and showed it to Harry in his series of dick. And Dumbledore's like, cut it off myself. <laughs> but that's why I was doing this with scissors. Uh, but I didn't know that you were trying to do dialogue, so I was still hung up on that. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because that's right. I was like, that is not the next word in the sentence in yeah. any way, shape, or form I, is that word. That, yeah, that's true. Let's just finish it off. Oh, and fuck. Okay, Dumbledore's horny. Yeah. Let's drink piss. <laughs> because I'm trying so many things. <laughs> Once again, I think both of us are trying to go in a different direction. I don't really know that I was going in a direction. My thought was like, I'm horny, let's leave. And then they like leave. But then, I don't know, I was like, let's throw in the curveball of piss. And then it was like, let's drink piss because I'm so thirsty. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know where we're going. Anyways, that's the game. Yep. Shall we talk about the movie or lack thereof? So yeah, there's really not much of the movie. There, in fact, is a different thing that happens in the movie in which Harry is flirting with a hot girl while sitting in a coffee shop. Remember when I was talking about people being horny in this movie, including Dumble, apparently? Right? Harry's like, I fucking her, and she's doing the same thing. Yeah. Harry's like, hey, can I ask you? She's like, 11. 11 is when you shall slip your digits inside of my chasm. And then, just kidding, because, like, Harry looks outside, and the underground train flies by, and then fucking Dumbledore's right there. And it's terrifying. It's it like, really is. It's like, and you know, you, the look on Daniel Radcliffe's face is like... Of course. Of fucking course. Yes. And Dumbledore's like, hello, I'm in front of a perfume ad because right? I'm a gay. <laughs> like, Harry's like... Literally all last summer, I was like, where the fuck are you, Dumble? And now... <laughs> He's like, I'm right here. Okay, so I will say this. I don't actually hate that opening. I think it's fun. I like how it sets up the horny teenager vibe that the movie is. 
However, what I don't love is how Dumbledore says this line like, you've been reckless this summer, Harry. And Harry's like, I like riding around on trains, whatever the fuck Harry says. Oh my god, the I'm way like, that you said that, I thought you were going to be like, I like turtles. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he might as well have said that. It was just such a stupid line. I wish and that's I how like, it read. <laughs> I too like turtles. It's fine. Like, I don't know. I just I feel like the, the brilliance of choosing to set up the like teenage horny whatever thing with Dumbledore cock blocking Harry was like completely ruined by being like you've been reckless this summer Harry I like riding on trains like who gives a shit that is like the opening of a porno okay <laughs> hot girl and Harry are flirting and then all of a sudden Harry puts his hand up out the window and like I don't know a jewel song plays and all of a sudden this old man comes up You've been the reckless one, boy. I like riding on trains. <laughs> just... And then they fuck. <laughs> but not in this movie, because that would be disgusting. That's what I'm trying to say. It's, it's a setup. Yeah, it's very weird. As a movie, I will say this. I'm surprised I haven't said it yet. It's actually a fun movie. You filled that up more than I did. So yeah, know, okay, you know. we, gotta, we gotta finish this We, we gotta finish it. We're almost done. <laughs> No, I like the movie. As an adaptation, I have all the problems with it. But as a movie, it's fun. Just like the fifth one. I feel the same way about the fifth one. Already, I do have to say, and we barely watched any of it. I'm kind of liking the direction of the movie. I I don't know. Like, I, I feel very, very positive about this book and movie. Now, in terms of comparison to the book... As an adaptation, it's not great, but not... I mean... I mean, the best adaptation of the movie is I Will Stand Behind are still the first and the seventh. Sure. I always say this. Bringing the book into the movie for a bigger audience. Perhaps by this point, it's very possible they did, like, let's say, some market focus groups or something like that. Maybe people are sick of the Dursleys, blah, 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 blah. It's not quite as an exciting thing. When you have Dobby dropping a cake on some bitch's head, that's a little bit more exciting than wine glasses dancing on their heads or something like that. Which is funny, but also, as I was reading, it was like, this is the best you got. Like, I feel like there's so much more that could have been there if we're trying to humiliate the Dursleys. But it's neither here nor there. Dumble's being more respectful because he's not a dick like they are. I guess. Well, he's kind of a dick, dick, yes. Which I could use more dick. (laughs) That's the first time I've ever said that to anybody. Now I've recorded it. So. Yes, I have. So now you all know that it's the first time I said it. So I kind of get it. Now, I would have at least liked if they were going to change it in this way to include something like, while I have you here, maybe this is happening when they're walking to Slughorn's house in what I assume is the next scene. That it's something along the lines of, so, by the way, we have the results of Sirius's will. This is what you inherit. Not a single bit about Sirius as well as in this movie. See, that's why but I had to creature. ask you. <laughs> yeah. Creature isn't in this movie. Creature isn't in the next movie. Like creature this... has one of the most interesting storylines in the entire fucking series. Yeah. Twelve Grimmauld Place is a major part of the last book. That's where the Order of the Phoenix met. Yeah. And so then all of a sudden, like, Sirius is gone, you would automatically think, okay, what became of all of this? And they just don't include it. Something would have been nice to include here so that it resembled the book in some fashion. Now, I still kind of like it. Yeah. You know, we didn't <laughs> really talk about in the in the first chapter episode about the movie because we were like, eh, 
we kind of go right into the cock blocking scene. But at the same time, there is, like you said, you can tell like a newspaper is taking Harry's photo and there's a little bit of that newspaper montage kind mm-hmm. of taking you from the fifth movie into That's the sixth. That's a very, very popular thing in all the fucking Harry Potter movies. Yeah. Don't get like, ooh, newspaper montage, let's go. Yeah. So we don't obviously get like the sit down, we already talked about this and all of that, but there is some of that precursor. They just absolutely completely changed the beginning of the book and don't even include some of the important stuff. I don't know, I like it, but I don't like it. If I'm looking at it just as a movie... I'm not looking at it as an adaptation. It's good times. Uh-huh. Same with the fifth one. I think that the sixth one is... There's that extra trauma. Oh, yes. And I feel like from here on out, that theme is going to skyrocket. Yeah, there's a lot of that. All right, let's talk about points for this chapter. There's a lot more this time. I am giving 30 points to Dumbledore because this is a really good Dumbledore chapter for It me. is, it is. I get the sense that he is trying to use his whimsical charm to get back on Harry's side. He's kind of acknowledging that he fucked up a little bit. He also gives us some much-needed sass towards the Dursleys. It's a great chapter for Dumble. I am also giving plus 15 to Harry because he starts the chapter in this kind of place of hope but disbelief. It's like reserved hope. Yeah. Yeah. The trajectory from Harry's point of view is probably kind of good. The Dursleys are getting theirs. He is indeed off on his way to the burrow with a few little pit stops on the way. He also kind of gets, I mean, it's nowhere near the tie-ups after Sirius's death. But he learns that there's something there for him at the very least. Mm -hmm. So 15 to him. Plus 10 to Buckbeak slash Witherwings and Hagrid. Because... Hagrid is taking care of his little friend. Yes. Reunited and it feels so good. Plus 5 to Augusta Longbottom. (laughs) Because she's mentioned in the... She is and she's like, my grandson Neville is fucking great. Fucking actually, what she says is like, my grandson and Neville is actually friends with Harry Potter. Right? That's what she says. Negative 10 to Creature for coming in, being naked with his little elf dick, swinging right. around, being like, no, like, I will This, won't, this I won't. ain't your home, Creature. It's funny, but I'm like, this you're is, an asshole. This is Petunia's home. You don't need to be like that. She I like that you're in Petunia's home. I right. think it's funny, but. <laughs> but it is not your home, so please. So please put on some pants. Although if he did that, he would be free. And then he'd be like, Bellatrix, well, guess what? Well, this one is, if he puts on pants that he just has, like his fucking pillowcase or whatever. He wears a loincloth, which is disgusting. Yeah. Loincloth and creature in the same sentence. That makes me not want to eat food anymore. I'm just telling you what Mr. Bojangles wrote. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Then nothing with the Dursleys, because I don't care. That's fair. Next time, we'll be reading chapter four, which is called Horace Leghorn. I was this close to saying Cornelius Fudge. And I would have been like, get the fuck out of my apartment. It could be the same actor. It is not. Jim Broadbent is is a fucking genius. But it very well could have been. And that would have been kind of funny to be like, tap out Fudge, tap in Slughorn. I think the actor who played Fudge died. I think you're right. It's unfortunate because Fudge himself should have died. Right? We want the actor to be alive and Fudge to be dead. Yes. That's how we feel about most of these that have died. I love Jim Broadbent. I'm very excited to watch him in the movie. 
Yes. Yeah, so we get another delightful. major character coming up in the next chapter. And then another big British actor. Another one. We got them all. Ooh. Gotta catch them all. Pokemon. That's not how it goes, but. Sure. Okay. Well, it is now. So, yeah, till next time, friends. Do it. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but what? you go out and do it. Whatever. You go out there and live your dreams, live your truth. Yeah, that's right. Thank you and good night. Basic Snitches is recorded and produced by Adam Bowers and Tara Gorkery. Thanks so much for listening. Be sure to rate us five stars on your listening app of choice and share us with all your other friends who love Harry Potter and getting drunk. Yes. Join our social media pages, Facebook, Instagram. I never update Twitter, but we have that. We do. Also email basicsnitches at gmail.com. We also now have a website, basicsnitches.com. And a Patreon, patreon.com slash basicsnitches. Join today and get exclusive content every week and be acknowledged in every single one of our episodes. Taryn Telegra, dance bitch. I see you new friends who don't make me dance for nothing. Yeah, they ain't gonna come, honey. We out!